guidance updates for COVID boosters, training nurse aides, and the Pennsylvania Department of Health Therapeutics Forum. A conversation with Penny Imes. Good afternoon and welcome to our series of webinars focused on bringing you information about COVID-19 related topics. The information in these weekly webinars is geared toward long-term care and skilled nursing facilities, but we encourage everyone who is interested to attend. Today, we will be talking about recent guidance updates on COVID-19 boosters, temporary nurse aides, and for our Pennsylvania listeners, the DOH Therapeutics Forum. My name is Kathy Caudill. I'm a communications specialist with Quality Insights, and now I would like to introduce our guest today, Penny Imes. Penny is a quality improvement specialist at Quality Insights. She started her nursing career in acute care before moving into long-term care. Her positions in long-term care have included staff development, dementia unit manager, registered nurse assessment coordinator, and director of nursing. She found the perfect combination for herself at Quality Insights, where she is able to work in quality improvement with long-term care nursing homes. So Penny, welcome, and thank you for joining us today to get us up to speed on these recent updates. And if you're ready, you can take it away. Yes, hi, um, thanks, Kathy. And, and I'm glad to um, see some participants here today to cover some of these updates. I know we had a previous um, webinar where we did discuss the temporary nurse aid requirements, but we've moved further along in time. And so it's always good to, I think, give some updates just to, to reinforce what we may have talked about um, to make sure that there aren't any new, that there's not new information that you might need. And I also, I know in Pennsylvania with our, our Pennsylvania Department of Health message board, I always want to make sure that, the, you know, our participants, our providers are making sure that they're checking that on a, a at least weekly basis and pulling off the information that's there because we give you a lot of the CMS guidance. And then I know Pennsylvania will usually take a look at CMS guidance and then, and then pull some of that out. So some of what I'm talking about is more specific for the PA Pennsylvania, for the Pennsylvania homes with the PA department of health message board. Um, I will be asking, you know, if there's some West Virginia nursing homes attending today, also, uh, I'll be asking some questions for you to, to put into chat for me, um, some answers about what you might use in West Virginia, whether it's a little bit different. And I'm also going to, as I'm going through this, Kathy will be putting up some links so that you will have them in place. Um, but again, if you go to the Department of Health message board, all of this information is there and you want to make sure that you have it. So to get back to that temporary nurse aid um, training, and of course, that was on April 7th. And so hard to believe how fast time has gone. But on April 7th, we learned that was when the CMS memo went out that talked about that temporary emergency waiver for the training and certification of nurse aides was going to be terminated in 60 days. And so what that meant is that Pennsylvania, um, or actually all states, would no longer be allowed to hire temporary nurse aides after June 6th due to the expiration of the CMS waiver. And so that time frame has come and gone. Um, the information there is for Pennsylvania, and if anybody from West Virginia has a different system and they want to 
chat that in, that would be great. We, our um, state uses Credentia for our nurse aid testing. So the message from Pennsylvania was, you know, yes, follow the CMS guideline, the you you cannot, you know, that waiver went away, you cannot hire temporary nurse aides after June 6th. And by October 6th, all temporary nurse aides must successfully pass the skills and written portions of a state nurse aid exam. So we have those, and those timeframes were part of the CMS memo, but we want to reinforce those. And then there are any temporary nurse aides who don't pass that nurse aid exam by October 6th, um, they cannot continue to perform the duties of a nurse aide. They have to stop working as a TNA until they do pass that exam. Um, now, of course, they'll have 24 months from October 6th and three attempts to pass both parts of the exam, but they cannot work as a nurse aide until they pass that exam and are added to the registry. And one of the things that all of you as providers with your staff need to be looking at and working on right now related to this is strongly encourage that you go ahead, your TNAs go in and they create that profile in the credential system. And um, what that does is that's completing and submitting an application to test. There are attestation forms that they need to complete. So you want to make sure that they're, they're working on that, getting that done now. You don't want anybody to wait till the last minute. Um, we, know, we know what staffing issues are out there. And if you have temporary nurse aides that you want to keep, um, you really want to work on encouraging them to you know, get started and, and assist them with moving through this process so that they are able to... Um, get the testing done in this time frame because as we all know if, with the testing sites there's usually a backlog of, of all of that too so it's very important that you get started and again I'll reinforce what I had said before that you really want to make sure that you have you as a facility have documentation in place and also that your temporary nurse aides have documentation in place to show what they did when they did it and the efforts that they're making to, um, to move forward with becoming certified nursing assistants. And then just sort of as a reminder, um, the uh, training that, that they have to take, their credential has provided an online review of a skills exam to help the temporary nurses prepare for the testing. And that's the link, credentia.com slash testtakers.pa that um, Kathy's putting up in the chat for you. And there's a lot of helpful resources there to answer questions, help people prepare for taking tests, which I know for a lot of people, even if they have the skills, you know, sometimes taking tests causes a fear um, or some anxiety and any resources, any help that they can get to be prepared for the testing. I think it's really important. Um, and so that's in there. So as I said, those websites, there's also, you can um, check out pa.gov um, Department of Education website. And I think Kathy will be posting that link if she didn't already that uh, you can go to. And if you put under search temporary nurse aid, uh, it will pull up 
a lot of resources for you, information. I know after the last webinar, when we first presented this um, about the waiver going away, I had a couple of nursing homes reach out to me and I gave them the department, that Department of Education website, and they found it very helpful. There's a lot of great resources on there. So if you have any questions or concerns, um, that's another place where you can go for answers. And um, like I said, a lot of resources, it'll answer a lot of your questions. At the end of the presentation, so if you have any questions about this portion with the temporary nurse aid requirements, um, I'll be checking with you at towards the end of uh, the webinar to see if you do have any questions. So that's really, um, oh, one of the other things I did want to mention with the Pennsylvania Department of Health, I almost forgot this, but they are inviting skilled nursing facilities to participate in a voluntary survey that will help them determine the total number of temporary nurse aides that are working in facilities and how many still need to be tested. And that survey is hosted by Credentia. So you'll be able to find that there um, on their website, that survey on their website. And it really is important, I think, to, to share that information because when you participate in a survey like that, um, that allows Department of Health to actually really know and see, again, from, from your viewpoint, what's happening, uh, is the testing available, how are your temporary nurse aides uh, moving forward, completing their testing, and I just think it's something that, that's really helpful. Um, sometimes, you know, the more information you can share with other people, the more they understand what you're going through right now with trying to get that um, taken care of. Then the other thing that's come up, um, we have been talking about, of course, boosters. So we're moving from the temporary nurse aid training over to boosters. And the reason we wanted to update you on that is I believe the last time we talked, there was um, CDC had uh, very much suggested, strongly, strongly recommended that those who were 50 and older really should try to receive a second additional booster at least four months after the completion of their first booster dose. And so our Department of Health is also now there. They, you know, the research does show, according to recent CDC data, that for individuals, especially age 65 and older, which is, you know, the majority of our population, um, those who are fully vaccinated and boosted have approximately a three-time uh, higher risk of, uh, or they have the ones who are not vaccinated have a three time higher risk of testing positive and also a 20 time higher risk of dying from COVID. So, and I think we all, I know there are challenges around getting the boosters, not only for some, you know, current residents, short stay residents, but also even if they're not 65 and older because they do work with that population, we really do encourage you to encourage your staff to, to get their vaccines, get their boosters. Um, and I know with this new variant that came through, it's really a challenge for everybody because even some vaccinated people are getting uh, testing positive and, and having some mild symptoms from that, or those who are unvaccinated, um, uh, some might only be having mild symptoms, but overall, those who are unvaccinated 
have worse symptoms. Um, so that's why the vaccines and the boosters are really important for everybody. So the expectation is that, you know, we're probably in that time frame where most skilled nursing facility residents are eligible to, to reach, have their second additional booster. And then, you know, you're going to need to do again, that additional education and support. Now, Department of Health does have um, support available. So if on their website, the Department of Health website, if you need help identifying a pharmacy provider to host an on-site booster dose clinic, there's a survey that you could fill out and they'll help you with um, identifying that pharmacy provider. I don't think that's a huge issue in our state. And then also you can reach out to us at Quality Insights if you're having issues with vaccine clinics um, and let us know what your issues are and we'll see what we can, can help you with. Um, and then Department of Health also has a variety of resources that are available. There are links if you need additional support, if you need um, test kit ordering, infection control resources. So, so they are there for that support. And I know that they appreciate, you know, the partnership that all of you have with them. And as I know, Quality Insights appreciates uh, what you do every day for protecting your residents, especially from COVID-19. So the second booster is absolutely something that you want to work on. We would be very, as you, some of you may know, if, if your booster rates are not as high as what they should be, you've heard from us here at Quality Insights, reaching out to you to, to ask you, you know, what are your booster rates? What are some of the challenges and barriers that you're coming up against? And we're very interested in hearing that because we want to, develop resources and education around that also to help to assist you. Um, so we're very interested in hearing what some of those challenges might be for you. And then the last piece, um, and Kathy, did you want to put this up? It's the outpatient therapeutics for long-term care facilities. Sure. Would you like me to share my screen with it? Yeah. I will share my screen with that form in just a moment. And really, it's just to um, let you know that COVID-19 uh, therapeutics uh, treatments are currently allocated by uh, the Pennsylvania Department of Health. And it talks about, you know, the different, there are those oral antivirals, the monoclonal antibodies, and then the monoclonal for treatment, and then the monoclonal antibodies for pre-exposure prophylaxis. And there's the form. And again, this was also available on off the Pennsylvania Department of Health message board where you can pull this form out. And it's it, I like it because it has an explanation of, of what the antivirals are, who should get them, um, sort of the names of them, some information. And again, these, these are the treatments for those who have COVID-19. And then it, you look uh, towards um, the bottom, how can my facility access these therapeutics? therapeutics? <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> too much talking. Um, there is an enrollment form uh, on Pennsylvania Department of Health website, which is included in this. You can just click on, on the that and go right to that form. Uh, you can check to see there's a locator tool to see if your pharmacy stocks those therapeutics. And I do have to say from, and, and I do know that, you know, Paxlovid 
there, there was some research being done, um, studies being done to, to watch for uh, issues with, with that medication. Uh, my 83-year-old mother, mother-in-law had uh, a bout of COVID. She was, day two, she was getting very sick. Unfortunately, it's like it didn't get to her day one, but day two, she was starting to get very sick. Her doctor actually recommended the Paxlovid. We did that at home. Um, and she really recovered quickly and had no side effects from it. So, uh, you know, that's a, a personal story. I know one person with that treatment and, and honestly, with the direction that she was headed and she had, she had had her vaccines, but the direction that she was headed, I really did see a difference in her getting that treatment. Um, and I, I really do believe that it, that may, it may have saved her from having to go to the hospital. So, so make sure that you're not forgetting that there, there are treatments out there um, if they're necessary, you know, it, you're, you're not looking at those residents that are testing positive with, but they're just testing positive, but they're not having symptoms or anything like that. But these are for those who, who are having those um, moderate symptoms that they, they do need a treatment. Okay. Well, thanks, Penny. Um, I've got all those links and the resources in the chat. And for those of you who are listening later to a recorded version of this webinar, either on YouTube or our podcast, I will include the links in the description of that recording. I put Penny's information in the chat. If you would like to contact her directly, you can reach her at 1-800-642-8686 and enter extension 7636. And you can also email her at pimes, P-I-M-E-S, at qualityinsights.org. And you can check out our other interviews by visiting qualityinsights.org slash QIN slash multimedia. And I would like to thank you all for joining us today. And thank you, Penny, for joining us. Thank you.